Weakness File. You are tuned into episode 107. We finally have actual regular season football to discuss. We're going to recap our games of the week here coming up, and uh, we are stoked as ever to dive in and give you our thoughts on some of these. There's some really cool matchups, some exciting matchups coming up that we think you should keep your eye on, um, the first of which is, is this uh, Thursday, probably the same day you're going to be listening to this podcast, but um, we're here. We're excited. We're ready for football, and as per usual, I have my co-hosts Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan with me. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Football's finally here. We're, we're going. Fantasy drafts are are, are live, and uh, everything's going, man. Yeah. What yes. about you, Derek? How you college, doing, man? College football's back, and college football yeah. had some bangers this past weekend. If you missed out, I apologize for you, because you missed out on some great games. So football is in full swing, and best time of the year. Yeah, yeah. you missed out on, on Durgan having a panic attack with his, his <laughs> Notre, Notre Dame. Dame every year. Every single yeah, I missed year out for happens. sure. I wasn't home. I wasn't able to watch, but I did see your guys' texts in our group chat, uh, freaking out about how cool the games were. So uh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I missed those. <laughs> Let's talk about some games that we will all be watching, and no one will be jealous about missing because they are our games of the week. So starting off on Thursday, we have Dallas at Tampa Bay. Um, this will be an interesting one. I'm, I'm obviously very passionate about any team involved in the NFC East. But uh, I want to hear what you guys think and who you think takes the cake in this one in the, in the first game of NFL action this Thursday. What do you guys got? Yeah, opening opening game is always an exciting one. Um, you know, everyone thinks this is going to be a blowout, I think. Because the Bucks last year were totally dominant down the stretch en route to the Super Bowl. But you got to remember, the Bucks in the beginning of the year were not the Bucks at the end of the year. They start off the season not slow, I would say, but they weren't the dominant force they were and i expect that to continue because a lot of these guys didn't play in preseason they didn't play a lot in training camp tom brady is you know almost an aarp eligible guy so he's pretty old and also a lot of your stars are old too so are they going to get excited for a opening week game like other teams will i don't think so are they still talented enough to win absolutely uh, especially with dallas who i don't think is gonna be all that good this year um but I do see this being a close game. I have it at 27-24, Tampa Bay. Cowboys keep it close, but ultimately Bucks pull away the end. I don't think the Cowboys keep it close. Yeah. And, uh, I think there's a combination of factors there. Uh, you know, the Bucks had now a full offseason to, to get together. And, and like you said, they were clicking towards the, the end of the season. They struggled early, but... Uh, they're returning everybody, and that defense is a problem, and that spells issues for Dallas, who's now without Zach Martin uh, in the COVID protocol. They have an aging offensive line to, to begin with. Dak didn't take any preseason reps, as we saw on, on Hard Knocks, um, so he hasn't had a live rep really since he broke his ankle. Uh, if the protection's not there and the run game isn't going, it's it's going to be tough for, for them. They got some talented wideouts, and, and that's great. But if you can't block up front, it doesn't help a whole lot to have your guys wide open downfield uh, if you're being pressured in like two seconds. And uh, that may be the case because the, the Bucks defense is already super talented. Now you add in some injuries for the Dallas offensive line, and, and uh, it, it's going to be tough if, if you can't protect and, and run the ball. Um, 
I, I think Dak will be sort of fine, maybe a little little skittish, maybe a little gun shy, uh, especially if Zeke can't get going. And, and I think that's really going to be uh, the root of the issue for the Cowboys, at least in the opener. It's a tough ask to to go play the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Tampa uh, in some humidity, maybe. I, I know it's an evening game with Thursday night, but uh, it's a tall order to, to go in there and come come away with a victory or, or keep it close. So uh, I've got the Bucks winning 31-17. to 17. Can I make one quick point yeah. about Hard Knocks? This season sucked. This season was absolutely terrible. It was the worst season by far. I want to point that out really quickly. Yeah, well, right. it's America's bland team <laughs> with zero excitement. Zero excitement. The funniest part was that guy eating cake and he couldn't eat cake. <laughs> that was the only cool part about this whole season. But I digress. All right. Well, I, I agree, uh, even though it's a little off topic, but I totally agree with you, Durgan. It was one of the lesser seasons as far as Hard Knocks goes. Um, wasn't very exciting. And speaking of not very exciting, I don't think this game's going to be very exciting. I got the Bucks taking this as well by a decent margin. 34 to 20 is what I'm predicting. Um, listen, I think that comes out has a decent showing, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of rust, especially against a team like the Bucks that have a formidable defense. So I, I wouldn't expect much from the Cowboys in this one. If any team's going to come out slow to start the season, it's probably going to be the Cowboys. Um, so that on top of the fact that I think the Bucks are, are a, of any team that has won in recent history in terms of Super Bowls, I think they are the most hangover resistant out of all of them. So um, Brady's been there way too many times. He, he understands what it takes to to repeat. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this be a very lopsided uh, matchup here when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Cowboys. Their defense won't be able to hold a candle to this this Bucks offense. And I think you know it it can't be understated that this team just won the Super Bowl, brought back pretty much all of their starters, and are relatively healthy right now. So I'm gonna go Bucks for sure. And uh, that will take us into our next matchup. We got the Cardinals at Titans. They're going to take it away, man. Yeah, Cardinals, this is their year, I think, as long as Cliff Kingsbury can stay out of his own way. But I think they win this game outright. And they're three-point underdogs. I, that's my lock of the year is Cardinals plus three. Uh, but they're winning 20, or, me, 31-24. They have a lot of big bodies on the defensive line now. And it's not just J.J. Watt. And they drafted two linebackers last year in the first round. So they have speed and size on this defense. You're not going to be able to stop Derrick Henry, but if you can slow him down and not have those big plays, you set yourself up very well. Also, Titans new offense coordinator, Arthur Smith, has moved on. How is their offense going to look? Their defense wasn't good last year and hasn't been good the last few years. So I think Kyle Murray is going to have a lot of success against them. And John J. Hopkins, my guy, he's going to go off as usual because they have no cornerbacks. And look at the Cardinals last year. They ended up only going 8-8, eight and eight, but they started the season 5-2, and two, beating San Francisco and Washington first two weeks. San Francisco at full strength. So these guys started fast last year. I think they'll start fast again this year and kind of tail off towards the end. So big first week for them, coming out with a huge dub. I am not in on the Arizona Cardinals, despite their <laughs> attempt to create a senior citizen's home by adding J.J. Watt and A.J. Green and all these aging veterans. Uh, they got no corners, you know, so you better hope that J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones live up, live in the backfield here because uh, without them, they're going to get torched. You got Buda Baker back there, and that's kind of 
it. Uh, and they have to defend Julio Jones and, and A.J. Brown, and I don't see that really happening while uh, you, you got to stack up the box to, to help prevent against Derrick Henry. Uh, I think the interior defensive line for Arizona isn't super strong. They're, they're solid, but uh, there, there's not really any star power there, and uh, they could have some trouble slowing down Derrick Henry. And if you, you get in trouble there, then you're going to have even more trouble with the play-action game uh, off of that. It will be interesting to see what the Titans look like on offense with the new offensive coordinator. But, um, you know, I, I don't think the Cardinals really have the firepower and the coordinator to keep up on the offensive side of the ball. Like you got an aging AJ, AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins, which is cool. Uh, but do they have a good play caller? No. Do they have a solid number two? I, I guess TBD on, on AJ Green. But outside of that, you got nobody. Do they have a solid whoa, running back? Whoa. No. Do you have a solid offensive line? No. So what's the how do you keep pace with a team like the Titans, who are the second highest scoring team in the NFL last year? I, I don't see the solution there for, for them. And uh, I, I think the Titans are going to win 30 to 20. I'm, I'm with you, Casey. I agree that if you look right now, go Google Cardinals depth chart and just look at this depth chart on offense, especially at the skill positions. To me, A.J. Green is a non-factor. How many years have we seen him do nothing except for have a name that, that is associated with superstardom? Literally, it's been like four years in a row He's he's been a non-factor altogether for the Bengals, if not injured and on the bench. So I am going to rule him out as any sort of number two option for this team um, and just say it's literally just DeAndre Hopkins. It's him and Kyler Murray. What? They're going to need to have a Herculean effort on offense to do anything, especially against the Titans, who I think are, if anything, underrated. I mean, you add Julio Jones to A.J. Brown, that's that might be the best wide receiver duo in the league. There's a there's an argument to be made there. And then you add potentially the best pure running back as a runner in the league, too. That's a scary offense. And Ryan Tannehill's no slouch. We've seen him play pretty well. So I don't know. I'm expecting big things from the Titans. And the Cardinals, I'm a little concerned about. I think I think uh, Kyler Murray's going to have to take a big leap forward in general for them this season if their offense is going to do things. Jerry, it sounds are, like you have some thoughts yeah. on this, so please take it away. <laughs> you guys are saying nothing outside DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk is a solid number three receiver. Rondale Moore looked very good in preseason. They dropped to him in the second round. He's kind of your Swiss Army knife. He's going to get three or four touches in the run game alone. James Conner, you know, he is what he is. He can give you okay, five, ten on. carries a game. Chase Evans is a solid running back, and Kyler Murray is a great runner. Don't say they have nothing besides that. Their their wide receiver room is better than most NFL teams. They're top four. Uh, I disagree with that. And if top. it is, it's only because DeAndre Hopkins is is weighting that so heavily. It's like the same yeah. way with the Saints. Well, so I don't I don't think I don't think I don't know if I agree with that at all. There. AJ Green, he's a show of former self. He's still a solid receiver. I mean, he's not going to give you a thousand yards. You don't even know if he's going to see the field. You don't even know if he's going <laughs> to play. I, like, how, how can you say you don't know, see the field? He's starting because he's he could get hurt. Field. Like tomorrow, he could stub his toe and then that tears like an ACL or something. Anything tomorrow. Anything. But I'm just saying, AJ Green's been perpetually injured for like years now. That, am, I not, I mean, am I not correct I mean, in that assessment? He is starting. I mean, okay, he played maybe for like two games. He, yeah, he played in all 16 games last year. He played in all 16 games, 523 receiving okay. yards. Am I, okay, I'm not saying he's still good, but look at who his quarterback was. Joe Burrow got hurt like week six. Yeah, and look at Christian Kirk here who has 629 yeah, he's receiving yards. Solid three receiver. Year. Solid number three receiver. 
Rondale Moore, a solid number three receiver. Just because uh, the only and stars. Tr- and you trust Cliff depth. Kingsbury to put Rondale well, Moore in the right that, position that was, to make that an was, impact? That was the one smart. Well, actually, for Rondale Moore, yeah, because he's going to run all that jet sweep crap. But I do agree with the fact that Cliff Kingsbury sucks. <laughs> and that, that's that's not a secret. So that's a, that's the one thing I'm like, yes, like he will screw it up somehow. But, you know, week one, what they have right now, they're in good shape. You think the Cardinals it. are in good shape week one? Yeah. Man, I disagree. Oh, when when I, they win, I really disagree. When they win, I'll get my nice cigar ready. When I be my big winnings, my lock of the week. Cardinals. I mean, the only win. way they win is if that defense just absolutely shuts down the Titans, which I don't see happening. And because, it, like Casey mentioned, you're gonna have to pick your poison now. I mean, you have two legitimate star receivers and potentially the best runner in football. What do you do? How do you like? There's no r- true answer to that. No, but how? Who's going to guard DeAndre Hopkins for the Titans? They have nobody at corner. I don't know. You put everybody on him and then force Christian Kirk <laughs> to do something like uh, AJ I, Green. You, will. you know, let him let him be wide open. He'll probably just hurt himself. <laughs> we'll see. This is this is you're underestimating the Cardinals playoff team this year. I mean, we said that last year too, and they were close. But they were close. They should have. Like you mentioned, they they fell off a cliff towards well, the yeah, end of the season. Yeah, because Cliff's going Cliff. Uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, fall, falling off cliffs. Good, there good you one. go. Love it. All right, let's go to the next game here. Uh, I'm sure we could rant about this for hours on end, but let's talk about, I think this is an interesting matchup too, um, and I'm a little surprised that your guys' is kind of differential here when it comes to the score prediction, but we got the Packers at the Saints. Yeah, so this game's going to be in Florida, Jacksonville, I believe, right, Casey? Jacksonville? Yep. Correct. Uh, because of the hurricane, uh I don't even know what kind of shape the Super Bowl Dome is in, but um, definitely some sad things going on uh, in New Orleans right now. So thoughts and prayers to all people who are affected by the hurricane. Um, but this game, I think, is going to be closer than most people think as well. Uh, the Saints are being inspired of what's happening back home, and they're going to play tough. The talent isn't there what has been the past few years, but their defense is not bad. It's not a good defense. Yeah, I would say it's a good defense, actually. It's not elite, but it's solid. Uh, Sean Payton is too smart of offensive coach to watch him fail. So expect a lot of deep shots with Jameis Winston. And, you know, Jameis is looking at Jameis. He might throw a lot of interceptions. But if he can get three or four deep passes against the, you know, secondary of the Packers that we've talked about for the last, you know, few months, got one star. Besides that, who knows? Um, the Saints only have many receivers, but Alvin Kamara is still there. And I don't know who's going to guard Alvin, Alvin Kamara. Might be Alexander. Who knows? But I think um, Packers still pull this out because Aaron Rodgers is going to do Aaron Rodgers things. But score to be close. 28-27. I have it mildly close as well, and mostly because of the heat and the humidity down in, in Jacksonville, and the Packers really aren't you know able to prepare for that in the same way the Saints are in, in Louisiana. Um, but I think the Packers match up better at almost every single position on the field. Uh, there's no Michael Thomas. Thomas. There's a turnover-prone quarterback. There's a lack of talent outside. Uh, a defense that's solid. I would say maybe even top five, top seven. Um, but will there be extra pass rushing coming from someone besides Cam Jordan? I, you know, I don't know. So uh, the Packers' offensive line is a little a little beat up, especially David Bakhtiari. Gonna he's on pup, so he won't be back for for six weeks. Um, 
so the depth isn't really there and and they may be starting two rookies on, on the def, on the offensive line but uh, again do the saints have a guy that can take advantage of that outside of cam jordan and and i don't really think that they do um so it'll be interesting to see what the packers look like on defense new defensive coordinator um i, I think there's going to be a lot of staley and fangio um type of looks from from him and and that's gonna force the saints to not be able to take those deep shots the the whole premise of the fangio defense and staley defense is to to protect deep and force offenses to take 10 12 13 14 yard or 14 play drives to to go score and just keep everything in front and, and rally for the tackle and if you can do that on offense without messing up, then more power to you, and, and you can do that. We think we're going to be more efficient with our offense than you will be with your offense. Um, so, uh, you know, I like the way the Packers match up basically across the board there, um, and I think they win a, a slightly close one, 34 to 28. Real quick before I get into mine, wasn't that Petten's philosophy too, though? Uh, yes, but he so did it and don't break kind of a dumb way. Okay. All right, great analysis. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. I personally don't think... I'm surprised you guys have this game close. I really don't think this game will be very close. And I think you explained why, Casey. Like, everything you said is is why I believe it won't be close, but then you have a, a really close score, like a one-score game. I'm, I'm thinking 33-17, to 17, something two, three touchdown difference, honestly, here. But, and when I look at this Saints team, like, yes, they're, they're decent on defense, but this offense, man, it's literally Alvin Kamara. They're lucky to have a solid offensive line, like a pretty good offensive line, because there's just no one else. And I think Saints fans are in for a rude awakening with Jameis Winston at quarterback and no more Drew Brees, regardless of the arguments you want to make that Drew Brees lost his arm strength. There is no substitute for decision-making and accuracy. So I I think this is going to be kind of a, a, a shellacking here. And I think the Packers, who still have their franchise quarterback and Aaron Rodgers, are going to show how much that matters to a Saints team that, in my opinion, without Michael Thomas, is going to struggle on offense because you can key in on Elvin Kamara. And unless he has some sort of insane five-touchdown game like we've seen him have in the past, I don't see this this Saints team being able to keep pace. I just really don't. So I'm going to say much to Casey's excitement that the Packers take this handedly and with ease. Music to my ears. <laughs> Love it. That's why I, I, I only did this to make you happy. It's not real analysis. I just wanted to see you <laughs> Thanks, smile. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's talk about another game. This is one that I'm really intrigued by, mainly because I'm, I'm riding the train on one of these teams and um, riding it till the wheels fall off. So let's talk about the Browns at the Chiefs. Yeah, this is the game of the week, in my opinion. A uh, rematch of last year's playoffs where the Chiefs were locked into winning a game against the Browns who should have pulled it off. And I'm going to have the same you no know, result as last time. And that's going to be a close Chiefs win at 31-28. If this game was in Cleveland, I'm picking the Browns. But Chiefs are tough to beat anytime, but especially tough to beat at home. Uh, the Browns will be able to run the ball, I think, pretty effectively against the, the Chiefs' defense, but the Chiefs will just move quickly, as they always do. Uh, the Browns' defense is much better, but the Chiefs brought some reinforcement on the offensive line. So offensive line won't be struggling, I think, as much as it did towards the end of last season. So it'll be a lot of quick passes, uh, a lot of deep passes, Tyreek Hill. You still have Travis Kelsey going short. I think uh, Edward D'Alaire. You know, he started really hot last year, kind of cooled off towards the middle and the end. I think he's going to see, he's going to see another strong performance from him uh, this whole season. He's going to rush for over 1,000 yards, in my opinion. So there's a fancy uh, 
guy for you if you haven't drafted yet, which I hope you have at this point. Um, but yeah, expect a close game. I think a last second field goal by the Chiefs. Uh, and you don't you know if you're betting against Patrick Mahomes, you're going to lose more often than not. I wish I was wrong. It just happens to be that it always happens this way. So close one game of the week should be, you know, a primetime game, but it is what it is. I have this being my upset of the week with the Browns winning a close one uh, by one, 27 to 26. Um, they kept it close last year, and I think the Browns improved more than the Chiefs did this offseason. Uh, they, they added some pieces to the secondary. Um, JOK has looked really good from, from all that I've read and, and seen preseason stuff. Um, so they, they've got some depth in the secondary now. They have maybe the best offensive line in football, and they're built to grind out big games and, and make teams work for it, especially when they're on offense. Like They, they can hold you accountable with the play action and, and get things going on the run game. And, and that's a recipe for success against really any team. If you can possess the ball and, and control the clock, you're going to keep yourself in a, in a lot of games. And now that the, the defense has a little bit more of a, an infusion of, of talent, uh, maybe they can actually get some stops and that is, wouldn't that be exciting, you know? Uh, so I, I have the Browns winning a, a close one, 27 to 26, like, like I mentioned, but uh, I think they're, they're set up for a lot of success this year. Yeah, and listen, it can't be an upset if the better team comes out on top. Am I right? So I'm going to go Browns also on this one, um, I guess, for my upset of the week here. It's looking like we're picking the exact opposite, Durgan, which is exciting. Um, <laughs> one of us will fail miserably, and one of us will take an early lead here. Hey, who or won two last of us, year, I guess, because me and Casey year? have... You did win last year, but you know what they say about repeats? It's it's uh, it's unlikely to happen, so well, it's you know, Tom Brady. get ready. Yeah, unless you're Tom Brady, and you're not, so we're good. Um Let's let's talk about the Browns though. This team, in my opinion, and you can call this a hot take or you can just call it a take. I think this is potentially the most well-rounded team in the NFL this season. Um, and I will die on the Browns hill. I will ride the Browns train until the wheels fall off. Like I said before we started this segment, I just think they're the better team than the Chiefs. Like overall, obviously the Chiefs have the better quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. So this will be sort of an interesting case study on the value of a well-rounded team versus the value of top-end talent at important positions. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this shakes out, but I got this as the most exciting game of the week too, like you, like you said, Derek, and I think this is going to be one to watch. Um, and I'm going to pick the Browns 30-28 to 28 in a barn burner. Bring it back, boys. Barn burner, for sure. All right. Let's go on to the next game here. This is the last game of the week that we have highlighted for you guys. We have the Ravens at the Raiders. What do we think here? Yeah, last one was your guys' upset of the week. This is my upset of the week. I'm winning Raiders 27-21. The Raiders have won three of their last four Monday night games, and they're not a team that's kind of like the uh, Cardinals. They somehow start off strong, get their fan base all fired up, excited to go. Also, you have to know speaking of our fan base, this is the first game in Las Vegas with fans. That place is going to be rocking. So that's almost a guaranteed, yeah, I'm taking them. That strategy alone always seems to work. Um, it seems to be a quick game, though. A lot of rushing attempts on both sides. Uh, Ravens, I don't think they'll be you know, in terrible shape with uh, Gus Edwards. He's going to be a great player for them. He's going to rush for a ton of yards. And Lamar Jackson will be able to run pretty well as well. But the main weakness of the Raiders is their secondary. And with no receivers, I mean, you have Hollywood Brown, who I guess isn't bad. I don't think they'll be scared to blitz 
often against Lamar and make him, you know, try to throw the ball. And what we've seen so far is that he is not a consistent passer. You can argue he's getting better, but at this point we have not seen him, you know, win games with his arm on a routine basis. And you look at the opposite side, the Ravens' weakness is that they're getting a little bit older on defense. Punch him in the mouth over and over again. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, great one-two punch. Have Derek Carr just take care of the ball. Doesn't need anything crazy. Take care of the ball. Keep that same recipe. I think they pull one out, 27-21. I don't see this being too high scoring of a game. Like I said before, a lot of rushing attempts. I think the Ravens are going to run away with this game. And uh, until the Raiders prove that they are fielding a defense, I'm going to assume that they are not, because that's been the case for like the last four years since Gruden has really arrived. Uh, They've struggled on defense. Um, So I know they got a new defensive coordinator, but uh, all as Patrick Mahomes says, you know, I'll see it when I believe it. So uh, I I don't think that they're going to be able to stop Lamar Jackson, even with uh, a a banged up uh, running backs room and uh, some some receivers that uh, are are not a whole lot to to write home about. But they got a they got a stud tight end. They got Hollywood Brown. And uh, that may be enough to, to get things going and, and keep the Raiders off balance and, and control the, the ball. So I got the Ravens winning 35 to 24. I actually really like the Raiders overall. Um, I just need to see them play defense on a consistent basis to, to really be able to trust them in, in some big games. But I like what they have on offense. I think they're going to be able to score some points and, and keep it close. And, and, and eventually the, the Ravens are just going to grind it out and, and pull away towards the end. Yeah, that's a pretty good assessment. I think the Raiders are still a better team on both sides of the ball. Running back, be damned, even without anyone in that position. I think they're just better in general uh, with uh, Durgan's favorite quarterback slash running back hybrid, right, right Durgan? Um, yeah, you said it. So, yeah, expecting big things from Lamar Jackson, honestly, from a fantasy perspective, with, with a less uh, dynamic person at running back, he may have more opportunity, even even with a contract year coming up, he may have more opportunity to run the ball. So um, big things are on the horizon for him, in my opinion. So I, I think the Ravens are still looking up. I wish Rashad Bateman was playing. I, th- I, I had high hopes for him. I think he could be a solid contributor as a rookie, but it was not meant to be. But still, the addition of Sammy Watkins could be good for this team just to have an additional threat through the air. So um, I think the Ravens take this one 24-21 in a pretty exciting uh but not as exciting as some of the other matchups game. So, a barn burner. A barn burner. It, yeah, it's a barn it burner. We got this some barn burners be. this week. Yeah. I'll be allowed. Some exciting I'll be, matchups for I'll sure. I'll be in a black hole taking Casey's spot as the uh, Raiders' number one fan. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I get my, <laughs> nice. my shoulder pads wow. and spikes on and uh, my, Face ape, uh, no? my ape, ape mask. I want to join that guy. Nice. Nice. Well, make sure to take lots of pics so we can post them on Twitter. No, no chance. never all right that sounds good uh those are the games of the week we're excited for these as well as all of the other games coming up um and we're excited to highlight them for you guys as well now that we have actual nfl action it's going to get real exciting around here so make sure you stick with us and tune in to future episodes before we head out i want to give my co-host a chance to plug some content that you should keep an eye out for on our website or youtube or wherever it may be casey you want to let the listeners know what's coming up Sure. I went back and pulled three of my favorite plays from the 2020 season in in preparation for 2021. So some nice little wrinkles 
not necessarily trick plays, but uh, some different ways to get to different concepts that uh, kept defenses on their toes. And, and I just really liked the play designs of, of all three of those. So uh, did a little breakdown on, on why those worked and how those worked. And that will be out on Thursday before nice. the game. Before the game. If you're, if you're excited and you just can't contain it and you want some NFL action, uh, check out the YouTube for sure. Uh, Durgan, what about you, man? Yes, Chris Olave, Ohio State receiver scouting report coming up next Tuesday. Uh, talk about hot, hot takes for NFL season on Tuesday this past week. So check that out as well. And one quick uh, tip I'm going to give everybody listening. Right now, the Dolphins are underdogs by three points to the, the much-hated Patriots. So I'm not saying to do anything with that, but I'm saying you want some free money. Take that. Yeah, I like that. I, I I would I would take the Dolphins all day in that one. Honestly, I'm thinking yeah, plus three and money line. Yep, you got a rookie QB on the other side. I I think that's a I think that's a good one it, for it makes, sure. It makes no sense to me. I keep staring at it. And I'm like, why is this a thing? <laughs> that makes no sense. And yeah, Durgan is is known for his hot takes. So make sure you don't miss that as well. You want you'll want to check that out. I'm I'm excited for that one for sure. So. Check that out, weeklyspiral.com. You can check us out on Twitter, at Weekly Spiral. YouTube, search Weekly Spiral. You'll find us. And, uh, yeah, let's wrap things up there. This has been a Weekly Spiral production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you for sticking with us. We are super excited to be covering the NFL now that the season has started. And uh, we are looking forward to catching you guys next week for Episode 108.